0: The second reading is taken from Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 10, and if you have the pew Bible there, it is on page 120, sorry, 1222. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers.
1: Uh, thank you, uh, Moya, for reading that passage of scripture for us this morning. Let's, uh, let's come to our God in prayer, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that as we sit under this word, that your spirit will take this word and give us the ability to apply this in our lives. We pray that your spirit will be at work in our midst today. And we thank you for the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. We humbly, humbly come to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, this morning, if you are new to this uh, congregation today, or you're visiting for the first time, we are... Uh, working our series on the book of Galatians, and we are winding down, very soon we'll finish uh, Galatians. It's been a, a long journey, but I hope it's been an encouraging one as well for us. Uh, We've got through some tough passages, but it's always been good to work through a book. And so this morning we're going to look at uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through to 5. I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles open to that, uh, to that chapter as well, which will be so good for us this morning today I want to speak on the topic of bearing one another's burdens. You see, life is about relationships. Of course, first and foremost, our relationship with God, which is so fundamental, and then secondly, our relationships uh, within our families, in the workplace, uh, at church, and in the wider world that we live in. Relationships are very much part of our daily living, and so it is important that we invest time in our relationships life is so short uh, we just don't know what is around the corner and so relationships are very vital and so so life is about learning how to love god and others and to value relationships and the way we relate to one another i was thinking about that just uh, this last few weeks you know sometimes we can get so stressed about so many things we are upset with people, it doesn't take much, and then one day we will be no more. <laughs> That's how short life is. And we need to ask ourselves, how are we investing our lives? How do we relate to each other? How do we speak to one another? How can we help each other? Last week we saw that, life, uh, that a life in step with the Spirit, which is Galatians chapter 5, will help us in the way we live and treat each other we saw how we should not treat each other last week how we should not treat one another and today we continue to see how life led by the spirit impacts our lives and our relationships so firstly we want to see this morning what it means to restore one another from sin what it means to care for one another how we should consider one another and what it means also to carry our own load in life we're restoring one another. Have a look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now, here's the question, friends. Here's the question How should we treat a Christian who has fallen into sin and so publicly brought disgrace? upon himself or herself. We can do a few things, can't we? We can be hypercritical. Oh, you Christian, what a disgrace you are. How dare you do this? What a terrible person you are. That's one way. The other option is to say nothing and give the cold shoulder. The third option is... One of restoration and reconciliation with gentleness. What option would you choose? Think about it. How would we treat a Christian who has fallen into sin? It starts, the text starts here with brothers, which is a reminder that the church is God's family. We are adopted into his family as sons and daughters through faith in Christ alone. And this word to fall uh, means to fall beside or near something a lapse or deviation from truth and uprightness a sin a misdeed the phrase caught in any transgression could refer to someone caught in the act of a sin just like the woman who committed adultery in John chapter 8 verse 4 or in some other act of sin I think what we have here is sin. It does not refer to some general habitual sin. Because if this is the case, all of us will be caught out many times, wouldn't we? (laughs) Right? General habitual sin. I think that the sin here is a serious moral sin that has significant consequences. There are consequences for our sin because we reap what we sow. All right? We cannot ignore open sin, so to speak. We are not to be quick to criticize, nor be afraid to confront. There are processes in place in the church to deal with sin, as stated in the Bible, and as such to exercise church discipline where it is necessary to do so for the good of the body. So, notice the words in our text Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should bring that restoration who are the spiritual friends who are the spiritual see they are those who are led by the spirit they are those who walk in the spirit they are those who keep in step with the spirit they are those to whom in a church context then if we are in discipline to whom the leadership has been given that responsibility they are those who are mature and wise and have grown in grace of Jesus Christ and now notice the aim in dealing with someone caught up in such a sin. The aim here in the text here is very clear. If someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should do something. And what is that? What does their text tell you? He should restore. Restore with a spirit of gentleness. You see, this word restoration comes from the Greek word, means to complete, to mend, to repair, to fit out. The term restoration was used in the setting of a dislocated bone. Has anyone had a dislocated bone? Yes, you have. Some may have here, if you played sports, if you played basketball uh, or, or footy or something like that, right? You have a dislocated bone. I have never suffered a dislocated bone because I never played contact sport. You might wonder why. All the sport that I played was with a cricket bat, as a straight bat, it was a good game to play. All right? I'm actually thinking of buying a little bat for my grandson and start giving him cricket practice. <laughs> right? You see, you can have a dislocated bone. can be a real problem right and and the the idea is to put the bone back in place and it must be a very painful thing to do so but the end result is to bring about healing and so also is restoration the aim here is restoration the aim here is healing the restoration is to be done in a spirit of gentleness and not by some ungracious Way of doing things it is not one of trampling a person down to the extent of driving the person away from church from family or from the Lord that is an abuse a spiritual abuse the goal of confrontation of sin isn't to condemn or demean a person the goal is to help deal with the sin to repent and to come clean before the Lord yeah is that right that's the goal friends the great example of this in the bible was the prophet nathan who confronted king david after he had sinned nathan's goal wasn't to dethrone the king second samuel chapter 12 right? he went to him out of love for his king for his king and he gently and firmly pointed to david's sin david accepted his rebuke And repented. And the prayer of his repentance is in Psalm 51. And the Bible speaks of many committed people who stumbled into sin and disgrace. Let me highlight a few this morning. After the flood, what happened to Noah? He got drunk, remember? And he was found naked. I mean, imagine that. Noah. Abraham lied about his wife. Jacob what did he do he deceived his father and stole the inheritance that was meant for his brother Jacob Moses he lost his cool and started hitting the rock right King David a man after God's own heart the bible tells us that how can a man after God's own heart commit adultery and in the meantime plotted that that bet, uh, it's Bathsheba's husband Uriah be killed that's the plot And that's exactly what happened how did god deal with them friends these men did not just disappear from the scene they come back to god and and we see that all five of these men are mentioned in the roll call of faith in hebrews chapter 11 there is hope right for a forgiven repented sinner think about the woman caught up in adultery remember that in the gospel of john chapter 8 very interesting story friends very interesting read john chapter 8 and you'll see what happens there jesus is there with the pharisees they these pharisees i don't know how they did it i mean i read the text a few times somehow they caught this woman in i mean what were these guys doing (laughs) i mean that's the million dollar question Where did they, where was this woman? How did they know where she was? How did they know what she was doing? And they caught her in the act of adultery. I mean, these guys, right? What, didn't they have anything else to do? I mean, they caught this woman. They brought her to Jesus. They bring her to Jesus. Put this woman there. It's show and tell time now. Oh, Jesus, here's a woman. Uh, Yes, he's been caught in the act of adultery, I mean. Ah, huh? now they send this to Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, according to Moses, what should be done to this woman? What do you think? Stoned. I mean, I mean, we hear of people of women today, in some countries, being stoned to death. It's not a joke, friends, right? Because they've committed some sin of adultery or something. And so they say, Jesus. Now, here's the woman. Show and tell time. We've caught her in the act. Stoner terrible so in john what did jesus do i mean this is is shocking and so they continued to ask him he stood up and said to them classic the classic moment let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone how's that eh And and once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone, John chapter 8, with the woman standing before him. And Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, and this is important. Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. And then he says this, go and from now on, what did he say? Sin no more. You see what Jesus did to that woman? Restored her, reconciled her, and said to her, go and sin no more. Change your lifestyle. Martin Luther, the great reformer, you should read about Martin Luther, he's a fantastic guy in the real reformation. Luther instructed a pastor to help to restore a fallen brother this way. This is what Martin Luther said to the pastor. Run unto him and reaching out your hand, raise him up again, comfort him with sweet words, and embrace him with motherly arms for a brother or a sister. Who has fallen you see friends restoration is a beautiful and a wonderful thing in a person's life our God is in the business of restoration correct yeah you know I was listening to a preacher the other day I said to Rose and this preacher is a great preacher and he says can I have an amen and I said to Rose imagine if I would say that I saw here she said Chris are you crazy (laughs) Can I have an Amen to this? Wouldn't do that. To you. you see, God is in the business of restoration, He's in the business of mending lives, He's in the business of putting bones together, as it were, He's in the business of reconciliation, He's in the business of renewal to a broken, convicted sinner's life. That is who our God is in Jesus Christ. What a glorious God! That we have not a God who stands and condemns us and says, you rotter, you terrible person, you so and so, you don't deserve to come into my presence. Get out of my sight. No, 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 no. God is in the the business when someone cries to him and comes to him and repents of their sin. This God is in the gracious business of restoring a person back unto himself. And such is our God. How do we treat a brother or a sister who has fallen into sin? Notice, friends. Now there are consequences and all of that. I won't go into that this morning. Right. Notice the warning that we have here. Keep watch on yourself. Have a look at uh, chapter, chapter six, verse one. What does it say? But keep watch. Uh, watch. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. You see. But, what a What a warning that we have here, don't fool yourself, lest you and I also fall. You see, we are prone to fall into sin just as anyone else, yeah? We might think, man, I'm a strong guy, I'm a spiritual giant. There's no way under the sun that I am going to fall into this kind of sin. I will never, it will never, 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 never happen to me. (laughs) Don't fool yourself. Let me not fool myself. Many of my friends have fallen, left the ministry. Do you know people like that? You see, the spiritual, those to whom God gives the responsibility for exercise and discipline, must be on their guard, so that they themselves will not become involved in the sins of those they are to restore. And Paul is essentially saying that those who do, do not think it can happen to them are fooling themselves and can end up becoming victims of their own sinfulness. You see, both the sheep and the shepherds need to be on guard because sin is both pleasurable as well as deceptive and sin can easily trap any one of us when we put our guards down. Let me give you an illustration. In Sri Lanka, I don't think you have these things here. Doesn't matter. We had what we call mouse traps. Uh, we, I don't think we use this in our houses, right? Because we don't have mice. Oh, we do? Okay, that's good, right? <laughs> because in Sri Lanka, we didn't have so much of this lovely ceilings. It was like concrete roof, and then the kitchen was made with other roofing uh, materials, so that the ceilings were all protected when we cooked all the curries, right? And so sometimes there are rats running around, mice. Terrible things, you sit there and think, whoa, that's a guy gone there. So in the morning you think, what am I going to do with this mouse? So you put a trap, now I have I put this thing myself, put a piece of beef on the trap thing there, and keep it there overnight, and I'm waiting now to hear the noise. <laughs> and I get up in the morning and I run to the kitchen to see, is that a mouse there? And you know, sometimes it is there, it's a terrible sight, I still see it. The trap has fallen He's started to hit, eat the meat, poor mouse, boom, he's gone. Right? You see what happens? It's like that with sin. You see, it's like a mouse trap. It's like a trap. Come and eat the bait, eat the bait, eat the bait, eat the bait. Bang! You're gone. You see what I'm saying, friends? In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 to 13, we have these words therefore let anyone who thinks this is important anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man god is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it you see friends for example our buildings have got exit signs i don't uh, see it, yeah, but it, it, we, we do have some exit signs, right? <laughs> uh, in our emergency planning meeting, they said, Pastor Chris, if you are at the pulpit, there's an emergency. You've got to get all the people and get them out of the building. I said, I'll be the first one to run out. <laughs> right? You'll be following me. See what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, we do have exit signs in other places. <laughs> what is the exit sign saying to us? The exit sign is saying, that's the way you get out. That's the emergency Exit. You know, I've been, most of us have been on planes, right? And, uh, and you know those, those um, the stewardess or steward will come and give you illustri- uh, any, what you need to do. Where are the exit? I see uh, Kay White nodding her head. You know all about this, right? So, you know, exit signs. And so if there's an emergency, what they're saying is, man, I hope, when I hear that thing, I think, oh, no, Lord. I hope I never have to have that situation. None of us want to have that, right? Trying to swim and all that kind of stuff. Right? Here are the exit doors. If there's any emergency, get out. Now what is Paul saying here in 1 Corinthians? When you are tempted beyond your ability, God will give with the temptation. He will also provide the way of escape. So friends, when temptation is coming our way, when you feel that the temptation is coming your way, look for a exit Strategy. Run, run, and run. Because it'll save your life. That's the point, isn't it? So be on guard 24 7. Then the second thing we see here is caring for one another in verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. The word bear, or th- th- this word burdens, means a heavy load or weight which is difficult to carry. What we see here is that as Christians, we all have burdens. Yes or no? Or am I kind of unique to this? Right? We all do. That's the first thing we see in the text. As opposed to prosperity theology that says, come to Christ and you'll have no problems. No, no, no. Christians do have burdens. Right? And what we see here is, contrary to any prosperity theology, Christians do have burdens. And we know that life is sometimes full of burdens, which at times can be really, really overwhelming. And the reality is that we all have burdens. For example, I was doing some visits this past week. I said to some of the congregation members that I visited this past week, tell me some of your, do you mind sharing some of your burdens I'm speaking on this topic? Some of the issues that came up first and foremost was the issue of health. The burden of having a problem with our health. I think that's a major thing, isn't it? There can be burdens such as family issues, financial burdens, relationship breakdowns, divorce. One of the heaviest burdens in life is grief. When a loved one dies, it leaves an aching void and pain in our hearts. In our church family year, we have widows. And widowers who know what it's like to lose a husband or a wife. There are parents in our church family who have lost their child and they have to deal with, with the grief and the burden and the sadness of that. I can't even imagine, I can't even bring myself to imagine what it must be like. So, burdens can be many friends. And we as Christians are not immune from the burdens of this life. And this is where we enter, I I think, where we enter into each other's pain and grief and carry each other's burdens. It is in the time of deep crisis in grief and doubt that we need each other and, and most of all, the body of Christ. When circumstances crush us to the point that our faith falters, And that's when we need the support, the encouragement, the building up, the uplifting of one another and not the bringing down of one another. And to carry someone else's burdens can be at times emotionally draining, yes? And physically at times challenging. And if you see someone, friends, struggling because of some kind of burden, it emotional or physical or whatever, then help that person out. This is burden bearing. We are burden bearers. How is that for a phrase, all right? Burden bearers. And because in doing so, look at what the text tells us. You will fulfill the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is love. Jesus said this a new, in, in John chapter 13 verse 14, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So we start to look around. We see if someone is burdened and to say to such a person, let me help you carry that burden. Let me help you Carry that burden. Don't carry it alone. Let me help you. And you know what, friends? There are sometimes burdens that bring us down. Sometimes it comes to our own selves with a terrible way that we can hardly stand. Ever felt crushed? Ever felt burdened? Ever felt that the load is too much? I read this story about a farmer who saw a man standing by the road with a heavy bag of potatoes on his back. So the farmer stopped his truck and said to this man, Friend, the cab is full, but if you like to sit in the back, I can drive you into town. The man was thankful and climbed up in the back of the truck and sat down. And as the truck pulled away, the man kept, look at this, the man kept the heavy bag of potatoes on his shoulder. So the farmer stopped his truck and said to the man, friend, lay down your bag. Why are you still holding it onto your shoulder? And the man said this, oh, I thought it might be too heavy for the truck. (laughs) So I'm still carrying it. I mean, it's, it's absurd, isn't it? It's absurd. See sometimes we can come to the Lord and give him our life, but we can hang on to our burdens. See so Jesus said, "Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is." You see, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, it can sound like he's going to give us something else to deal with. You say, I've got a heavy burden, Lord. I don't need to take your problems on, on me, you might say. A yoke is actually a, a, a board that has two archers on it, and it's put over two cattle so that they can pull a cart. Uh, in some countries, you have what they call bullock carts, right? You may have seen them. Right? two cows in the back, and, and and they pull this cart. Right. The value of a yoke is that it halves the load, and wh- without a yoke, one cow's got one cow has to pull that entire load by itself. But if you yoke up the cow with another cow, then the two cows will pull the load together, and the load is half as heavy. And so when Jesus says to take up his yoke upon you. He is not saying he's going to give us more problems. What Jesus just wants to do is to share that load with us. He's going to share your load. He's going to take your load upon himself and bear it for you. Wow. And so he says, come, learn, take. This morning, how about you, friends? Have you come to this God? You know, I was listening to a song. In fact, I was listening to a few in preparing this sermon, this talk. And I had my son in my office. He's working on his side and I'm working on my side. And I put these two um, songs. Well, I'll tell you the first one. Um, It's called Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. Do you know that one? Yeah? It goes something like this. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. For Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. That's how it goes. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. That's how it goes, friends. And when we come to this God, come to this Jesus, he can carry that load, which is too heavy for us to bear. So this morning, I don't know what burden that you are carrying today. But whatever it is, help us pray that God will use you and me to carry each other's burdens. But more than that, for us also to cast our burdens on the burden bearer who is able to carry your burdens and mine. What a blessing. And then we see this in verse 3 and 4. Uh, Which we will look through. For if anyone thinks he is uh, something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. You see, this is about opinion of ourselves. The warning is very clear. It is the warning about self-deception. It is a warning about self-deception. Pride of having a very high opinion of ourselves. It is one of self importance. It is overconfidence in our own abilities. It is a false opinion of ourselves. Remember Peter? He said this, did he not? Jesus, I will follow you all the way. And what happened? He fell. It is self righteousness, self promotion at the expense of another. One might have all the gifts and everything in life, so to speak, but for me, And for the Lord, in particular, I need to ask myself, what is my attitude? Do I have such a self-inflated opinion of myself? How do I compare? Do I compare myself with others and their gifts and everything else? Or do I accept the way God has made me and the way I treat others? When Augustine was asked, this is great, what we might call the law of Christ. Augustine said this. This is what he said. First, humility. Second, have a guess. Humility. Third, have a guess. Humility. <laughs> right? Okay, so first, humility. Second, humility. It's like an auction, right? Third time, it's Humility. That's what it is. Humbleness. 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 Because God I- I- exalts the humble and he brings down the proud. That is our God, friends. You see, now we understand this word nothing, isn't it? It does not mean that we are worthless, that we are, because we are made in God's image. The point is that we are nothing without the grace of God in our lives. And we begin to see our lives in the light of God's grace to us. Last night I was speaking to a Sri Lankan friend, a Sri Lankan person I met for the first time. And we were talking about our lives back in Sri Lanka. What it meant for us to come out, for me in particular, to come out from a a faith that I never had in Christ. We had everything we need materially speaking, magnificently provided. But we ended up saying all of those things are nothing in comparison to Christ he was saying to me I can go back and I have drivers I have chefs I got everyone cooking for me doing stuff what am I doing here in Australia I got to drive my own car I have to wash my own car cook my own food we're kind of discussing these things but no no What we came to a conclusion is having church family having Christians and becoming a Christian is bigger than any of those things you see friends how do we see ourselves this morning? We deserve nothing. But God has touched our lives by his spirit. And meekness and humbleness then comes part of that. And but let each one test his own work. We'll keep going very quickly through this. His own actions. Instead of comparing ourselves with another person, we have to test our own selves. Score ourselves according to God's standards. Stop scrutinizing everyone else's motives and actions. And make our prayer, as the psalmist said in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Test, test him. Tester, evaluate ourselves, friends, for what the Lord has done for us. Not comparing to anyone else or what we do. Test our own motives, our own actions. And Psalmist says, I will praise you, O God, for everything you have done. And then carry your own, uh, own load, verse, f- uh, verse 5. The last point here. For each will, carry, will have to bear his own load. That doesn't contradict verse 2 because there's a, they might say there's an apparent contradiction here. The word load and, and the word burdens are two different words. The Greek word for the word load is a military term for a man's pack. It's a traveling pack. It's like a backpack. There are burdens that we can share with others. There are burdens we bear alone. The word Lord dear simply means duty. It means, friends, it means this, the general matters and obligations of life. It is like we are in the army. We put on our kit and we go on. We have a backpack to carry, a kit to bear, and we cannot transfer those responsibilities to others. We got to take care of what God has given to us. It doesn't particularly mean something really heavy, just the normal, routine, generic deals of life. And so here the load is personal. As someone said and put it well, every man must shoulder his own pack. That is, we face the daily struggles of life. And as we do so, our fair share and carry on what God has given to us in this life, we continue on. We are not to be a burden to others, instead we are to get on with life. It is the weight of our own responsibility before God, individual responsibility. We are to do this, recognizing that we will stand before God one day and answer to him on what we have done and left undone. So, as we conclude this morning, as we bear each other's burdens, let us restore one another in the ministry of restoration from sin, If the event does come up, let us care for one another by carrying each other's burdens. Let us consider one another, how we deal with each other, and let us carry our own load. But friends, you know something? We all have one burden in common. One burden is common to all of us. And you know what that is? It's the heaviest burden that we'll ever carry in our lives. And it's the burden of guilt we bear because we are sinners. And that burden is too heavy for anyone to bear alone. It's too heavy for us to share it together. And there's only one, and only one who can carry that burden. And he has already carried it to the cross. Our sin and guilt burden has been lifted at Calvary. Listen to the amazing words. About Jesus spoken in Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our infirmities. He carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And Jesus is the burden bearer for your sin and for mine. So, as we repent, as we turn to him, as we trust in him alone, our guilt and sin has been dealt with at the cross. Let me close with the words of another song. I told you I was listening to some of these hymns. I was in the mood of listening to hymns last week because I was preparing my sermon and uh, I needed the encouragement from God's word and everything else. And this is what I I was listening to. He touched me. Do you know that song, He Touched Me? Some of you do. It says this, shackled by a heavy burden, neath a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I'm no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me. And made me whole. And then verse 3 goes like this. Since I met this blessed Savior. Since he cleansed and made me whole. I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me. Oh he touched me. And oh the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. Now I know. He touched me. And made me Has he touched your life? And if he has, and we know he has, then let's praise him this morning and pray that we'll be the kind of people that he would want us to be. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to come to you this morning. And find a rest in you. As Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, almighty, eternal God, I pray your abundant blessing upon your precious people here this morning. Lord, forgive us where we have failed. Forgive me for my sins. And uh, help us, Lord, to be united in Christ by caring for each other. Share in the Lord, and most of all, trust in you, that you are the sin-bearer, in Jesus' name. Amen.